0: Listening to the Crop Disease Podcast, a podcast that will keep you up to date on how to manage common crop diseases faced by Australian growers. The season is well on its way now, and there's definitely a mixed bag of good and bad going on across the country. But what diseases are happening in which regions? And what can be done about it? Listen in as we're about to go on a quick trip across four different grain-growing regions. Hello, it's Megan Jones from the Centre for Crop and Disease Management, and I'm going to get the latest seasonal updates from four agronomists or advisors from Queensland, New South Wales, South Australia, and WA. Also with me on this journey is my co-host, CCDM Director, Mark Ibbard. Welcome to the show, Mark.
1: G'day, Megan, and it's great to be here. It's
0: good to have you, as always. So, Mark, have you just come back from France? What did you get up to there?
1: Uh, Yes, Megan, I've just got back from France and um, happily come home without COVID, which is fantastic. (laughs) Um, I I was over there for the International Congress in Plant Pathology. And so the main reason for me to go was that there was a workshop running uh, just prior to the the main meeting, which looked at the role of satellite sensing and disease epidemiology in decision support uh, for disease management. And it was really fantastic to see uh, what other people were doing around the world, particularly in North America and in Europe, around using remote sensing or in-field data to help to, to support decisions around disease. I came back feeling really validated that the stuff that we're doing in Australia is is really good. Um, it's on the leading edge, and um, and we're heading down the right direction. And of course, in Australia, we're a small part of the global R and D investment. So to be able to leverage off what's happening elsewhere is a fantastic return for for growers' levies and um, where we can, we love to be able to partner and make sure we're not duplicating any work that's already been done elsewhere. So um, it's a win-win for everybody.
0: Oh, sounds great, Mark. Sounds like you brought a lot back to Australian agriculture, which is awesome. Okay, so as mentioned before, I spoke to four agronomists from, from four different regions of Australia and they asked and asked them about the disease issues they're currently dealing with. Shall we listen to what they said?
1: Yep, I'm looking forward to hearing it.
0: Okay, great. So let's start with Queensland in St George, where I have Tessa Diamond from Ag and Vet Rural, an agronomist who covers southwest Queensland. Hey, Tessa, what are growers up to at the moment?
2: Um, unfortunately, we're looking... At a, we've had a dry winter and looking at a dry summer, um, so we have a lot of growers that are looking at assessing whether their cereal crops, if they're going to go through to harvest, or if they're um, they're looking at cutting for hay. We're also got some growers starting to put some sorghum in um, and getting our irrigation fields ready to go into another cotton crop this year.
0: Yep, and would you say it's an average season, above or below?
2: I would say it's a below-average season for rainfall and for our our uh, winter cropping. Disease-wise, we've had a very like we've had a very dry season, so we really haven't had those um, big disease events that we've seen in the last few years. Where we've have had we have had stripe rust and and powdery mildew and and some form net, net blotches and in our cereals and some astercarter and um, chocolate spot in our um, favours and chickpeas. Um, so we really uh, haven't had a lot of fungicides going out this year. Uh, we have had some interesting, uh, some smuts in some barley, um, even in these dry conditions, but we think that we put that down to um, seed treatment application and getting some good coverage on that seed. So that's something to remember for next year and really some. Blotch, net blotches and spot form net blotch um, and net form net blotch around some irrigated barley, um, but we've been able to take care of that with some some over-the-top fungicides um, and really protecting that, that flag leaf coming into um, grain um, head emergence and grain fill. Oh, well,
0: sounds good. So would it be more or less than what you'd expect at this time of year disease-wise?
2: It would be definitely less, yes, definitely less than last year. We've had some growers where we haven't even needed to put a fungicide on our chickpeas this year just because we haven't had those disease events in July, August. So, yeah, no, definitely less.
0: Well, probably is it the less you've seen in the time you've worked up in the region?
2: Uh, no. I, I mean, back in, I think, eighteen nineteen, like we were lucky to get a crop in those years around um, around the, the western Queensland. So it's, it's not out of the norm for us. We are really... Um, an area that where we we have wet wet times like wet years and then we, we can definitely go into a drought which has been interesting because this time last year we were we were raining and then in a few months time it was we had flooding events and and, and wheat that was under like in water and couldn't get on to, to harvest. So it's been It's a complete bit of juxtaposition this year.
0: (laughs) Yeah, super extreme.
2: Yeah.
0: Now moving further south to New South Wales, I have agronomist Fred Broughton from Rural Management Strategies who is based in Cootamundra and covers the southern regions of New South Wales. How are growers growing in your region, Fred?
3: Uh, At the moment, uh, growers uh, are just finalising some uh, late fungicide spraying um, and also just getting some uh, of the last the urea out. Um, due to some um, supply delays, so yeah, a bit later than ideal, but uh, also um, spraying uh, fire breaks and a few odd jobs uh, in preparation for harvest.
0: Yeah, very good. And how has the season gone so far?
3: Uh, very well. Uh, for the vast majority of our, our growers, they uh, uh, have all looking at really good um, yield potentials at the moment. Um, most paddocks are set up very well. high yields, um, not too wet, not too dry, um, which is, um, yeah, very pleasing at this point in time.
0: So the rainfall has been average?
3: Rainfall has been above average um, for for most of our growers and, um, yeah, most clients are sitting on, you know, full uh, profile of moisture heading into spring. So really good conditions at the moment for, for high yielding crops.
0: Oh, that's such great news. So what disease issues are they facing at the moment?
3: Um, In the wheat crops, the majority of what um, what we're seeing is uh, yellow leaf spot, um, septoria, and very um, sporadic um, incursions of stripe rust at this point. Um, In the barley, it's mostly uh, spot form net blotch. And uh, in the canola, as yet, um, haven't seen... uh, much sclerotinia or upper canopy blackleg, um, but yeah, um, time will tell, I suppose.
0: Yeah, for sure. Uh, so, any concerns about the rest of the season, disease wise?
3: Uh, yeah, definitely. So, um, as I say, there's diseases in the paddock, um, it's just whether we're going to have the environmental conditions that um, lead to infection. Um, and so, at this point, you know, I'm advising growers, um, you know, depending on what their thoughts are on the, the season going ahead or going forward you know, are we going to get more rain, you know, and that will lead to more disease. Um, or if it does turn dry as they're predicting, then there may not be the requirement to um, putting out more fungicides. So we're a bit of a knife edge at the moment. The crops are just coming to full flag. So, yeah, it's a very critical timing to be spraying at the moment.
0: Oh, absolutely, Fred. Now moving to South Australia, I've got advisor Mick Faulkner from AgriLink Agricultural Consultants in Penwortham, who covers the mid-north of South Australia. How are growers going in your region, Mick?
4: Yeah, I guess they're a bit nervous, to be honest, Megan. They, um, we, you know, we had um, pretty good rains in, in June and then July, um, for a large portion of, uh, of the state, July was pretty dry. A bit of a reprieve, I guess, 10 days ago for... The northern agricultural areas, and especially the Southern Mallee and the upper, the upper and lower southeast, have um, you know, after after a record wet, um, they're still um, looking pretty good, and the reports from the Air peninsula are, are reasonably favourable, except for the uh, uh, for the far west coast. So it's it's not bad, but everyone's on a knife edge. We've had substantially below average rainfall for nearly two months, and. Um, and there's a lot of nervousness around.
0: Yeah, for sure. So, are there any disease issues that they're facing at the moment?
4: Yeah, I guess there are disease issues. And, and look, I, I need to put, you know, talk about the pulses because that's where people are are concentrating their efforts at the moment, especially you know with lentils and, and faba beans in, in South Australia. Generally, in my experience, we'd say that ascarid levels are are quite low. But I know in lentils that won't be the case in, in other areas. So that leads on to the cereals. Um, I guess, look, in the bottom parts of the canopy, just about everywhere I go, where there is a lot of septoria. But the dry July has has certainly held that up, but we also have, are starting to see evidence now of the splash that occurred, some um, some rainfall events over the last two or three weeks that um, it is starting to creep up the canopy where, where um, cover sprays haven't been applied. The only real reports we've heard of stripe rust have been in the southeast, but we understand that it, it, it'll be much more widespread than that. But um, speaking to a, a couple of uh, consultants this morning, just realising that there was a lot more flu used this year than perhaps we would have in the past because of that that fear of especially of stripe rust. Um, you know, knowing that there was a green bridge over much of southern Australia. Powdery Mildew uh, spoke to Stuart Sheriff this morning. Um, and Stewie's one of the leading experts in, in powdery in, in SA. And, um, yeah, still at this stage, probably isolated um, and severe in some areas in, in the warmer environments. Um, so it's around, it's, it's difficult. The extent of strobilurin resistance really, uh, I don't know that we're on top of that because it's developing so quickly. Barley's unusual, and in fact, I think this is probably our third year in a row that in a lot of the barley-growing areas, the barley crops are remarkably clean, where we don't quite expect them to be to uh, be as clean as they are. Saying that, we still have pockets of spot form and net form and net blotch, and in the mid north, a little. Bit of scald that is a concern because that's where the last mutation of um, scald occurred. So, yeah, we're actually seeing a reasonable amount of bacterial blight, you know, it's probably more than we normally um, experience. Um, we do have um, reports in the the wild oats along roadsides in the, in the early areas uh, that the rust is present, so we would expect um, some identification soon for. Um, in, in grain crops, the aerial blackleg is um, is nowhere near as severe as last year, and it would be interesting to go back over the, um, the seasonal conditions, the uh, rainfall and and wind and humidity to see see what the driver um, of that response is. You know, we've, there's been a lot of protective sprays for sclerotinia. Uh, I guess last year was probably South Australia's more devastating year for sclerotinia than we've seen for a while, um, but this year with the return of, of dry weather, you know, it, it, the jury's still out, I think, on whether the, we're going to get a response to those uh, those sprays. There's usually not too much of a consideration, but then again we got caught last year that uh, that September uh, sclerotinia was, was uh, an important issue.
0: Thanks, Mick. Now, finally to Western Australia – Agronomist Monica Field from Farm and General in Esperance covers the most east southeast regions of the WA wheat belt. Monica, can you tell me what's happening in this part of the world and what diseases are around? I guess we've had some insect
5: issues for the last couple of weeks. So we've, we're running around checking aphids and budworm and things like that. We haven't had too many areas be problematic yet, but it's, we're conscious of the weather conditions being warm and we haven't had huge amounts of rain for the last couple of weeks. There's been in probably the higher rainfall zones, flag leaf, um, fungicides going on wheat crops. People get ready for harvest, really. They're kind of trying to get everything prepared in that space too. Is it um, looking like an above average season or below? A mixed bag. That's probably my easy answer to that question. Um, The western side of Esperance is probably on the drier side than the eastern side. There's some great crops through the eastern side. Um, so honestly, yeah, I can't answer one easy answer. It's just varied. So can you tell me what disease issues are they facing at the moment? So I guess as we're talking about that higher rainfall zone, powdery mildew is definitely present in the wheat crops again. Um, bits of septoria, but powdery is probably the main one we're facing. Uh, barley levels have been honestly quite low apart from planet. Planet is um, has high levels of net type net blotch again. Um, the area of planet has shrunk this year because of the issues we've had in the last couple, but that's definitely a struggle. I think because we've had a bit of a shift in barley varieties, there's definitely some varieties with a bit better disease tolerance, so we don't have the levels of spot type and net type around yes, yeah, sclero there's definitely sclero you can find in crops it's It's there, but I don't know that it's developed as much as it could have if we'd had a probably wetter. Um, August. And then there's a little bit of leaf rust kicking around in some wheat in the Mallee, which I guess is a little bit concerning because it's probably not something we've seen and then seen it develop much before. So that's probably something we're keeping an eye on because there are some areas that probably traditionally may not have a fungicide just from yield potential and what's happening with the season. So that's something we're probably is a little bit different this year that we're keeping an eye on.
2: So
0: In the last episode, we talked a bit about um, the high disease load growers experienced last season. How is that Mm -hmm. all going this year? Do you think you're getting the disease you expect or is it okay?
5: Um, I I would say, honestly, as a general comment, disease levels have been low this year, and I think that's put down to weather. Um, We've just had wet, dry, wet, dry, and just depending where you are, and I think those weather parameters have played a pretty big part in where the disease levels are in your crop, essentially.
0: Yeah, I guess I probably expected it to be higher
5: this year, but as I say, I think weather has has played the draw card, really.
0: Thanks, Monica. So, Mark, what did you think about all that? Most areas need some more rain, and so with that, we're not seeing the high disease levels. I guess it's good growers are getting a break from diseases this year, don't you think?
1: It's fantastic to get a break from diseases, but I'm sure everybody would love to see some more rain, and I've just been out to the central wheat belt of Western Australia over the last couple of days, um, including a, a visit to the Darren Machinery Field Day yesterday, and um, pretty much everybody I've spoken to and everywhere I've seen, things are starting to look pretty thirsty. So yeah, we're hoping that we're going to see some rain, um, not, well, not over the next couple of days, but as soon as possible thereafter in the west, and I'm sure... In other parts of the country, we're seeing the same sort of pressure coming to bear. But you're right in the sense that uh, that um, dry spell uh, and perhaps in some circumstances unusual temperatures have really tried have really minimised the disease pressure uh, that we're seeing at the moment. Um, that has a benefit going forward, of course, um, if you've got less disease pressure in this year, um, obviously as we approach the end of the season, um, that's going to help to minimise the carryover of inoculum for next year as well.
0: Okay, well let's move around the country again and hear about the kind of management strategies they're recommending at the moment. So let's start again in southwest Queensland with agronomist Tessa Diamond. Tessa, what are some strategies you're trying to get growers to think about right now?
2: So this season I suppose we've had a low disease risk so we haven't had the issues but we've just got to make sure that we don't become complacent. We're coming into harvest so we're looking at what what pre-emergence we're putting down. So then we need to know what our crop rotations are. So just really being mindful of what what disease pressure we have had in the last past few years, our stubble management, making sure that we're using clean seed, using seed treatments um, and and applying those appropriately to get good coverage, choosing varieties that um, have a good agronomic package. But um, probably our main one, we'll still get rain events over the summer this year, which is our predominant rainfall time summer dominant rainfall so we will be we will have um green bridges and some with your volunteer cereals and and chickpeas and pulses and things so we've got to just make sure we keep on top of that so we don't have disease coming from one one season to the next
0: oh yeah for sure sounds great so anything to keep an eye on
2: i suppose that we've just got a this ride right this year out it, it, it is a drier and hotter year than probably the last few years, but um, just remember that we've got a good agronomic practice to um, make sure that we're, we're keeping everything clean and, and, and making sure that we're, we're still a productive um, grain industry.
0: Well said, Tessa. Let's move south to New South Wales with Fred Broughton. Fred, what sort of strategies should growers be thinking of and anything worth keeping an eye on?
3: Uh, well, definitely putting out more fungicide if they believe yeah, they're going to be getting rain in the next few weeks. Yeah, that's probably the most critical one at the moment. Uh, the canola should really have been sprayed by now. It's it's um, well and truly in the middle of flowering. So yeah, that's probably the most time critical. And yeah, just a bit of late urea ASAP.
0: Very good. So anything else to keep an eye on?
3: Aphids uh, have been sort of getting around at the moment. Um, yeah, not so much what I've seen personally, but yeah, there's a bit of talk around, yeah, cereal aphids and, um, yeah, the odd sort of aphid in canola. So just something to, to keep in mind, know, um, yeah, as it starts to warm up, if crops are st- stressed, you know, they're particularly susceptible. Um, so that's something we're just, yeah, monitoring at the moment. Last year, people had relatively good success with uh, head washing uh, in wheat in particular for um fusarium head blight so yeah obviously that inoculum I imagine will still be present this year so we just need to to manage that situation if it eventuates or if there's you know the conditions conducive at the time
0: for sure Fred now moving on to South Australia's mid-north region with Mick Faulkner Mick how about in your region what management strategies should growers be thinking about and what should we keep an eye on
4: I think the GS39 spray is, um, for both Septoria and Stripe Rust is still on everyone's uh, hit list. Sprays that would normally be applied at um, GS30 to 32 for, for both iSpot and Septoria and perhaps a, a first cover spray for the Stripe Rust uh, uh, have been effective, very, very effective each, each year. And, um, and most people have been able to get those on. So it's just a matter of being a bit patient and waiting waiting until GS39 is fully established rather than the sort of mistakes that were made last year, just going that little bit early and um, not having flag um, legs fully extended and then battling you know, more stripe rust perhaps in the head than, than would normally be expected. So it's a matter of just getting that timing right. So that, that's the most important, I think, in, in wheat. There are some areas where the uh, powdery mildew is still really developing and and worrying that if it if it moves further up the canopy, it's going to be an issue. So those, I think those strategies would be for most to include strobilurin uh, in their application. But of course, as we previously said, we, we don't really know the full extent of resistance so I guess most people where they are experiencing uh, powdery mildew problems would have an application of, um, of a strobilurin plus um, a DMI.
0: Sounds good, Mick. Anything else to keep an eye on?
4: I think we should be just looking, even though we had a fairly late break to the season, that didn't occur everywhere. And I think it's well worth um, just keeping our eye open for virus from the especially in the early sowing areas. You know, we're, we're making assumptions that the, the C treatments with um, thiamethoxam or imidacloprid are 100% effective. And I think the work being done in the southeast would suggest that's not always the case, that we can get infections after um, after those actives have actually run their race. So it's something that, get, that we can forget about pretty easily. And it is worth getting out there and just making sure that we're you know, that it's not present. And keeping an eye on a strategy, especially when we get that year where there's widespread early sowing.
0: Thanks, Mick. And finally, to WA's Esperance region with Monica Field. Monica, what management strategies should growers be thinking about in your region?
5: Um, I think, yeah, being conscious of what disease levels you've got, what varieties you're growing, and what natural resistance they have, what your yield potential is, um, and then watching the weather more than anything. That's probably going to be the determiner for us for what fungicides go on going forward what what this weather does if it stays on this dry heel, there probably won't be that much go out Uh, the higher rainfall zones will probably still be set and do head washes in wheat but yeah I think just be aware of what your yield potential is and essentially what you're trying to do and be realistic that you don't have to spray everything all the time
0: anything to keep an eye on
5: yeah I think Leaf rust in Mallee and Calibre and Scepter wheat, we'll we'll definitely be monitoring that going forward. Yeah, I guess it's probably the time of year that you start looking at blackleg levels and sclero levels in your canola and how that relates to your rotation going forward. Yeah, and I guess being very aware of of those varieties we know in particular planet, um, a management strategy. If you haven't already done fungicides, making sure you're keeping ahead of that net type conditions
0: basically yeah for sure monica well there you have it mark it sounds like it's a bit of a watch the weather and wait time at the moment as to whether to spray or not it must be so hard to get the timing right hey
1: absolutely megan and timing is is critical for disease control as i'm sure everybody realizes and um, we we want to get those sprays on at exactly the right time but if the return on investment's not there um, or is unlikely to be there then clearly what we don't want to do is we don't want to waste that spray application. Every spray application has a potential to contribute to fungicide resistance across many of our pathosystems. And, of course, fungicides are an expensive additive at this time of the year too. So if we don't need to put it out, we don't put it out. Um, And there's a lot of people there sort of poised to, especially in the wetter areas, and to, to making those towards the end of season's decisions It goes back to my earlier point about the uh, decision support that's needed in um, disease management um, and the the global connections that we're generating and we intend to work on over the next couple of years. And the the reality is that we we need much better disease models. We need much better sensing information, whether that's remote-sensed information or within paddock information. We need to find better ways to utilise existing data sets from farmers in terms of paddock history and the potential for return on investment in combination with within season decision support, those two things together that they combine those data sets are going to lead to a much greater capacity to consider return on investment for fungicides at this time of the year. Um, and this year personifies exactly that kind of difficult decision making as to whether it is or isn't worth putting out those late season fungicides.
0: Yep. Sounds good, Mark. Sounds like the future in agriculture is going to be pretty exciting, I think. So, well, I do plan to check in again with the four agronomists one last time in October to discuss what went wrong and what went right. What do you think though? Do you think the season will end on a good note?
1: Well, our, our industry and the, the industry that we work with is absolutely critical to us and um, we're here to do everything we possibly can to to ensure that you know seasons do finish as well as they possibly can. Unfortunately what we can't control is we can't control the weather and the rainfall and um, so we can do everything we possibly can to set up yield potential as everybody out there is doing, but we're, we're still we're, we're waiting to see what comes through in terms of that uh, later season rain. So I'm hopeful, Megan, I really do that on behalf of all of our industry um, that we do see um, that that those top-up rainfall events that finish the season off because the potential is looking fantastic. Um, And of course, we're just waiting to see what the the water supply looks like.
0: Yeah, for sure. Fingers crossed. Well, we better wrap this podcast up now. Thanks so much for joining me today, Mark, and look forward to having you join me again on the next seasonal update. Thanks, Megan. And thanks to you for listening out there. And please keep an eye out for our next episode, which will be on a new data analytics initiative. It should be a good one. See you then. This podcast is brought to you by the Centre for Crop and Disease Management, a national centre co-supported by Curtin University and the Brains Research and Development Corporation.